You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Singapore, Archbishop William Goh. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today as we celebrate the memorial of the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we have always been reminded that the soul of the rosary is the contemplation on the life of our Lord Jesus Christ and His Blessed Mother. This is the heart of praying the rosary, not so much the prayers themselves. But how do we pray effectively, meditate on the life of our Lord and our Blessed Mother? For most of us, we follow the traditional way of beginning with the joyful mystery, the sorrowful mystery, the glorious mystery, and then the luminous mysteries. Of course, whichever method we used would not be wrong. But I would certainly prefer to follow the way how the gospel was formed. For those of us who have been schooled in scriptures, we know that the gospel was written from the hindsight of the resurrection. It was the resurrection stories that came first. And then the sorrowful events of our Lord in his passion. And then only the ministry of Jesus and the last part of the gospel to be written was the infancy narrative. And so personally, I find it more beneficial to reflect on the life and ministry of Jesus according to how the church came to reflect on Jesus as written in the gospel. So it is important for us that we begin with the resurrection. That means to say the glorious mysteries. For it is in the glorious mysteries that the church was formed. It was upon this discovery of the empty tomb encounter with the risen Lord that the disciples' lives were transformed and the women and the disciples too. And they were filled with joy and hope. And it was later on as they continued to live and to encounter Jesus in his resurrection, followed by his ascension to heaven and then the sending of the Holy Spirit, that helped the church to really understand how Jesus was truly the Son of God and how the kingdom was eventually established. It was in the light of the resurrection that the church found hope and then went out to preach the gospel. Once the resurrection stories were established, 
the faith in the resurrection was confirmed. The next step for the church was to reflect on the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is, of course, seen in the passion story of the gospel. It is in our meditation on the sorrowful mysteries that help us to understand the depth of God's love for us and the reality of Jesus' humanity, the suffering with us and for us unconditionally and truly being tempted like us all. And it is in his suffering that we find strength to continue to endure our own sufferings because the way he suffered, he showed us the way. He led us in the way. He did not simply talk about overcoming sufferings. He carried our sins, our suffering in his body. It is only when we contemplate on his agony garden how he was being scourged, being stripped, being humiliated, and how he died on the cross, abandoned by his friends. Then we begin to appreciate how much Jesus, how much God is one with us in our suffering. And yet it is that passion that gave rise to the resurrection and gives hope. So when we meditate the sorrowful mystery, it should give us a sense of courage that our sufferings will never be in vain. If suffered positively, especially unjust suffering that will lead us to true liberation, true forgiveness. Indeed, it is in light of the glorious, the sorrowful mysteries that we begin to understand the identity of Jesus better. That is why there were many things when Jesus was on earth, before his passion, death and resurrection, even the disciples misunderstood Jesus. All his relatives and friends, they thought he was crazy. They wanted to bring him home. Jesus was grossly misunderstood by the religious leaders. But in the light of the resurrection, then the events of our life make sense. And it is so truly God-inspired, really. That God inspired um, both St. John Paul II, to write on the apostolic rosary uh, exhortation on the luminous mysteries. Because in the traditional mysteries of the rosary, the ministry of Jesus was missing. From the infancy narrative, that means the joyful mystery, we went straight to the passion. What about those critical years or three years of Jesus' ministry. And so, St. John Paul II really helped us to underscore that the rosary is truly a miniature um, Bible, a miniature gospel, a reflection of the whole life of Jesus and his ministry. And so, St. John Paul II asks us to reflect on the luminous mystery. Now, once we understand the, 
connection between the sorrowful mystery and the resurrection. Now we can better appreciate, unlike the apostles in that time, all the events in the life of Jesus, beginning with his baptism, which is an anticipation of the end, when he was chosen to be the Son of God, he's revealed as the beloved Son of the Father for the mission that was given to him. Being baptized to be one with us in our sinfulness, so that in our sinfulness, in our weakness, although he himself has no sin, so that he could really show us the way. And it is in the sense that in the Luminism Mysteries, we begin to appreciate that all that Jesus did when he was on earth was actually anticipating his glorious resurrection, which will reveal the fullness of his divinity. Indeed, the wedding at Cana was but an anticipation. Mary was confessing faith in Jesus' divinity even before it happened. When Mary said to the disciples, do whatever he tells you. And then St. John said, his glory was shown the first time. And then of course, we have the proclamation of the kingdom of God, the establishment of the kingdom, again the anticipation of the end. Of course, we have then later on the transfiguration and the meditation on the institution of the Eucharist. They are all foreshadowing the resurrection. So you see how beautiful St. John Paul II brought in the luminous mystery. And then from these, we can understand better the joyful mystery, the infancy narrative. We know that the infancy narratives, the gospel is written quite differently from the rest of the gospel. It has a different literary form. Not exactly everything is historical in a sense, but rather these events that have been used by the evangelists to bring out the identity and the person of Jesus. And most of the time, we would think that the stories that we found in the infancy narrative would be reflection of Mary, as we read in today's first reading, sharing with the apostles his childhood. Otherwise, nobody would have known his childhood. And so, the infancy narratives help us to encounter Jesus. And from the infancy narrative, then we have St. Paul, who would retroject further into the beginning, and St. John as well. Jesus' pre-existence even before he was incarnated on earth. So, you know, my dear brothers and sisters, the rosary is so beautiful in contemplating on the life of Jesus and Mary, beginning with the creed that sums up all the salvific moments, the important salvific moments. Praying our Father at the very beginning of the decade of the rosary reminds us that we are called to accept the kingdom of God in our lives and to live by the kingdom of God and to establish the kingdom of God. The ten Hail Marys always an invitation for us to respond like Mary in doing God's will. 
So my dear brothers and sisters, as we celebrate this Feast of the Holy Rosary, we give thanks to God, for this is truly a gift to the church in our relationship with Mary, with Jesus, and most of all, as we grow in our spiritual life. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Goh. This podcast is brought to you by Catholic SG Radio.